What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Fred Moore, and sitting with me is Andrew Elmsley, a.k.a. Sleepy Monkey Man, back on the show again. It's been about a year, um, and it's been a while since we've been in the Shared Universe podcast studio. Due to COVID, I was driven underground like everybody else, like a mole into the ground, and I was uh, doing a lot of podcasting out of my, my basement my gym, my studio, and now it's great to be back in a professional podcast studio where all you got to do is come, show up, and talk, and then they do all the hard work for you, take care of all the uh, editing, and do everything that needs to be done to make it a, a good podcast. So thanks, uh, Shared Universe. Thank you, Christian, our engineer. Ming, he's over in the other room. I think he's having some bourbon. Um so, Andrew, what's up, man? What's up, dude? Not much. So you it's drove all the way from Pennsylvania to come here. I did. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was and a rough ride. Dude, your guy's town, Eaton Town here, it's a little nuts. What's wrong, man? You're not allowed to make left turns anywhere. Oh, yeah. People drive crazy. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, in Pennsylvania, we drive like we got some place to be. But, man, people here drive like they want to murder you. Yeah, well, it's a little congested here, yeah. right? And there's a big influx of um, New York City drivers, okay. right? They're all running away from COVID, and I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's something wrong with New York City Them drivers. New Yorkers. Yeah, Send they're great York. people, but Yorkers. they don't drive well at all. I know. And nobody drives better than people in Pennsylvania. That's right. Because it's beautiful out there. That's right. I'm a little bit envious of you. You're a country boy. <laughs> we know what's up. Yeah. So I mean, so what do you do out there? We like, what do we do out there, man? We swim. We shoot soda cans with BB guns. <laughs> shake them up first. We shoot slingshots, bows and arrows. I have good times. Yeah, and what about your mace game? Because uh, you really have gotten way smoother. It's been about a year since mm -hmm. you've been on a podcast. And it's it's been a very interesting year, to say the least, for the mace community because um, – you're seeing a lot of individuals driving their game up. You got really good with the mace. I, I saw saw you flowing. Thanks, yeah. Um, you also got very good with um, your your speaking. Um, you do um, some great. First of all, you're funny. You have an interesting sense of humor. Stupid. <laughs> um, sometimes stupid, but it's just too funny to look away. Um, I I gotta say it's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So. Oh, you, um, your yeah, you're hitting my foot. Playing footsies with me now. <laughs> I told you it was going to get romantic. It's getting romantic. We turned the lights off first. <laughs> but yeah, man, you're doing good with uh, the mace and everything. So have you just been training a lot? Dead man. Yeah. You know, when it comes to having classes, classes were going well for a while until winter hit, and then they kind of pitter pattered out. Yeah. Uh, that is, I guess, the downside of working outside. And then yeah. COVID happened, and it was like, <laughs> so. That said. Man, what a great time to focus on training and focus on getting better. Right. You know, just sticking to the basics, finding the foundation, staying rooted. Um, and also learning that there's a lot of ways to get better, uh, not just in how I use the mace myself but in how i teach the mace and that 
that's something that, you know, teaching the mace can be easy at times. And then sometimes it's, it's so unique and individual to each person. Right. And so that was part of the tough thing about having group classes. At this point, I've actually paused my group classes, and I only do one-on-one -on -one individual sessions with folks. Because of COVID or because of the, the way you're training people? It started with COVID. Okay. But then it just kind of was like, you know what? I like this. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, it really gives a good opportunity to meet people where they're at, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And because I'm not really... I'm not working off of a, a steady program. It does allow for that malleability with each person, mm -hmm. you know, because some people, some people just need to learn how to hold the thing. Yeah. And other people show up and you're like, man, you want to, you want to teach a class? Right. They're like a natural. Cause please, by all means. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So if you have a group of people, say ten people, and you have that on one end and then that on the other end, like yeah, and then everything in the middle, it's it's a very um, it's to strange, teach it. Yeah. It's like how how am I engaging with everybody where they're at? It's hard to you it can't is. you can't go one person each individual. Yeah. And you have to come up with like a happy medium. Yeah. So it gets a little hectic actually. It does. You you know? And I tried. I mean, I saw some good examples, you know, I was like, okay. Um, but ultimately it didn't lend itself to like my, gosh, the group that I was working with was so diverse, so diverse. I mean, truly like people who were like experts, yeah. you know, better than me. And then people who are just learning, it's like, okay, I got to figure this out. Um, and so the one-on-one -on -one thing works well. Yeah. And plus it's, you know, it's what I do on the side. Uh, full-time, I don't really talk about it too much, but full-time, I'm a corrective massage therapist. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that because I remember you did a post on Instagram where you were talking about massaging a particular area of your hand. That's right. And, and, you know, I'm watching a video and I'm doing it. I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's so cool. Like, like, you know, that stuff is there, but you never think of it. You need somebody to point it out. Like, no, this is, this is the spot. So, uh, how long have you been doing that for? Mm, about five years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. I'm still a baby in it. You know, yeah. I, um, I was actually, I, I worked as a service and parts advisor at a Ford dealership for over a decade. And then. I know I talked a little bit about my accident before. Yeah. Um, that was what pushed me into getting treated by a wonderful massage therapist. And then when I had an opportunity to make a shift in careers, I took it. Right. And uh, I've been doing that ever since. But, yeah, so five years full time uh, working on some really awesome, wonderful, special folks and uh, working on some mace swingers, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then, um, so, like I mentioned, you're also doing these uh, short little Instagram videos. Yeah. Um, and, and you like to interject humor. Um, and you sort of poke fun at the human condition in general, which, yeah, which is, um, I have to say, what I like about comedians like George Carlin, 
Um, you know, all those guys that get kind of like they get serious, but they keep it. They're really poking fun at some serious things, but they're keeping it light and making you laugh. Yeah. Which I think is a great way to learn about yourself because it's not it doesn't get you depressed. Amen. So you do that, and I and <laughs> and and you do it well, and uh, and then like you said, sometimes you do some things like in your underwear. And <laughs> I got a couple. Of, oh man, yeah. <laughs> got a couple of images burned in my brain. <laughs> Good, but, but um, what's that all about? Like, um, is that something that just naturally progressed? And yeah, yeah, you know, I've um, I like I've liked to make jokes for a long time, you know, and you know how it is working with like a big group of dudes, man. Yeah, that's all you do. Ah, yeah. Is you make jokes, right? Well, now I work with like a big, well, small group of women, which is not the place to make jokes. <laughs> so ultimately, like I, I, I was like, I need an outlet to laugh, you know, and it really, I started kind of making more funny stuff at the beginning of COVID because it was such like a, a depressing time. Yes. Right. And you know, man, there's like so much funny stuff out there to make fun of. And most of it is stuff that I've participated in or yeah. continue to participate right. in. You know, it's like, I own all the props that I'm using, you know, but ultimately it's, it's just like what I'm seeing. Like, it's just what I see. And like, what I see is funny. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and I see so much, reflection of myself especially in like the gram you know what i mean yeah. where it's like okay like i get it we've been kind of like pushed into an idea that like the gram is like the marketing place you know and at the same time there's also these really awesome connections that are being made worldwide which is so rad yeah you know and it's certainly not to be discredited or discounted Right. And yet at the same time, I see like just this massive cry for validation. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it, it, it's, it's not something that I think is ultimately rooted in just like ultimate like selfishness. I think it's rooted in, in like pain. Yeah. And in hurt. Yeah. You know, I think... I think so many of us just want to feel validated in what we're doing so that we know that we're actually here. Yeah. And the more uncertain like times become, like the louder that cry becomes. You know, because all of these like other validations, like social validation from just like seeing your friends, you know, your the validation of your work. Oh, now you've just been deemed unessential. How invalidating. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. So it's just like this massive cry yeah. to be validated. And uh, goodness gracious, you look through my Instagram history and it's like, heck yeah, that's part of my story too. Yeah. You know? But that's what makes it funny. It's like when you realize it and you see it, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of ridiculous actually because we're all doing it in right. a way. And, <laughs> you know, the, the whole underwear thing... <laughs> <laughs> it was good man it was good oh I man i love well listen that's the thing man i love the culture i really do like i i love it i love like be, being proud of yourself um i love this uh whole like you know mace in our underwear kind of thing that yeah. goes on i think it's really funny 
Uh, and also, I'm like, heck yeah. You know what? I'm going to get in on this. <laughs> I'm going to get in on this with my hands, baby. <laughs> right. You know, I still got that Michael Jordan. Or was was he Fruit of the Loom? I think it was Haynes. He was Haynes. That's right. That's right, MJ. Very close. Though. I remember. But yeah, uh, what do you think um, the the cry for validation is? So, why do you think it's so strong on the gram? Like, mm. is it because they're not getting validation from the actual people around them? Their their loved ones? Yeah. Their friends? Is yeah. everybody so distracted by the gram that the only way you can get your validation is by going to the distraction? Well, it is easy dopamine. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. We do kind of train our brains to get addicted to easy dopamine. Yeah. You know, and this Crack. is for real. You know, and that's what those likes are, man. I love them. I'm like, yeah, give yeah. it to me. <laughs> give me that cheap dopamine fix, baby. <laughs> you know, and it is like each each like, it's like a little shot of dopamine, you know, instead of doing the hard work, you know, the, where the good dopamine comes from. Yeah. <laughs> that good dopamine <laughs> comes from the hard work. I don't even know where the camera is. I'm just looking all over the place. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. There's all kinds of cameras around here. <laughs> now, what's the hard work, though? Oh, man. Well, seeking, uh, I mean, rest, relaxation, uh, also exercise, physical exercise, uh, building relationships. You know, these are all things that produce those hormonal responses that help us relax, that help us enjoy life, that get us excited about life. But they take a little bit harder longer to make happen right there's more patience involved there's more mm. commitment involved you know whereas the cheap fix you know it's like boom it's there but then it's gone yeah you know um this is i mean we see this big time in like right now like in mass i don't know about the world but at least in our nation like in our nation's men when it comes to porn dude yeah. Kids who are growing up with porn, like literally in the palm of their hand. Right. You know, these kids are never going to learn the proper way to actually talk to a girl. That's why the kids are like so stuck in their basements, like terrified to talk to a woman, you know, because they're just used to pulling out their pocket and boom, sexual gratification, you know. Yeah. And it's like ultimately then they grow up and we're seeing this now and they get angry and they're angry at society and they're angry at the world because they feel like they haven't gotten what they've deserved, you know. But really it's like, bro, man, you've been cock blocking yourself since puberty. And partially it's not their fault because the world's put it in their hands and said, all right, this is normal. Yeah, This right. is normalcy, so just have at it. Meanwhile, they're totally bucking their hormone system. Right. You know, and messing with the way their brains produce the proper hormones. And, man, that affects their pheromones, all kinds of stuff, man. And this goes on to have these giant ripple effects. And now everyone's like, what's going on with the world? It's like, well, guys, we all have become addicted to something cheap, you know, in some way or another. Wow. And it's like, it's just, it's that... Those hormones are so easy to get. The spikes are easy to get right in the palm of our hand. Yeah, I remember when we were kids, um, you know, Quick Check. Um, shout out to Quick Check for having Playboy. Well, here's their coffee, but um, having Playboy magazines. Um, th that was great. Thank you, Quick Check. Quick so check. how did we get them? 
how did we get those playbooks? They can't sell them to us. We're under 18. Yeah. So my one friend, he was a good dude. He was good. He said, well, we can't just steal them. We got to put the money up on the counter. So we got to steal it, but put the money up. And that's what we would do. So we would get our Playboys like that. And these things were expensive, man. And we were kids. And it was Playboy. And if nobody's ever seen Playboy before, it ain't porn. It's it ain't what you see. Like, literally, uh, yeah. in, in, a, in a stroke, uh, maybe not, I shouldn't say stroke, <laughs> in a swipe of the finger, you, you could see some pretty gnarly porn. Like, crazy. Um, what we're talking about is topless women, maybe a little bit of a, you'd see a little pubic area, right? And it was like, it was like considered classy. Um, and then there was like articles and everybody bought Playboy for the articles. So, yeah, that's what your dad did. He bought it for the articles. He wasn't really looking at the women. Um, and that was it. We had to work for it a little bit. Well, that's the other thing. At least it was hard to get. Yeah. You know, you and I think we got more of like a dopamine response from, from it. swiping it. Oh, yeah. Get, making the snatch. You know, Oops, that's another word. <laughs> Man, we are 15 minutes in, not even. This conversation is totally derailed. I'm, I'm I like screwing it, it up. You, you're no. just going to have to take it over. Screwing it up, are you? <laughs> it doesn't end. So Woo! Fred's on fire. So you um, got you're you're really on point there though um, with what's accessible. And then the other thing um, I noticed too is like I don't know if this is a, a big deal or not. I'm not really judging society too much, but um, this you could do online gambling, and it's like mm. there's one that's called 365. And I remember not too long ago, like 20 years ago, whatever. There you couldn't do everything 365. Usually Christmas and major holidays. Mm. Everything was shut down, yeah. and and uh, nowadays you could, well you could go shopping and yeah. you could go on your phone and you could gamble and see your porn. Yeah, you know? and I don't know, I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't sound like it's uh, that good for us. No, it's it's ultimately it's not. Yeah. You know, and I mean, there's there's so much that we're surrounded by that makes it hard to break away from the easy dopamine even just watching tv man heck even smoking weed you know it's easy yeah it's everywhere yeah, right yeah, it you is. can pretty much just get it you pick it up off the street now it's <laughs> a beautiful thing um but then we just we marinate in this stuff and and it does it kind of locks us away from then actually living life which is hard living life is hard yes most of the I don't know about most of the time. At least a lot of time. It sucks. Yeah. And well, you, like you mentioned, building relationships. Um, what happens when you actually start building a relationship? You, you meet a person and it's, you make a friend out of them. Yeah. Because you have some common ground. And then potentially you could c continue building it. Or uh, six months later to a year later, you find out that your friend is a total douchebag. And he's been stealing money from you, or something like that. And and it's it's you get upset, and right, yeah. and and then you go, oh, I'm never making friends with anybody again, yeah. and I'm ne right, yeah. And that's hard. That's yeah. hard. And uh, or y you really uh, have a relationship with somebody that mm. it's meaningful, but you realize that it never gets. Uh, mm. You still have to work at it, right? Mm. You always have to meet people where they are, or meet them halfway. Yeah. You always have to think about your 
actions affecting somebody else That's and right. you can't always get what you want mm-hmm. otherwise you'd be very greedy but you can't give yourself away right mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out are you giving yourself away is mm-hmm. that person being greedy mm-hmm. or am i just reading into it right and then yeah. you start second guessing yourself everything um so sounds crazy, but that's real life, though. It is. And man, you brought up like several wonderful topics, and it it doesn't sound crazy. It sounds like a lot, which is life. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, it's like on one hand, we're talking about the idea of vulnerability. You know, because mm-hmm. in order to live life and embrace life we have to put ourselves in vulnerable positions you know we have to put ourselves out when we put ourselves out there it's vulnerable yep you know and so that's you know to to balance out the instagram thing too is like there you know i make fun of it because it is funny but at the same time like i'm not hating on it no no i'm not hating on it even in a little bit right um you know, because I do see people putting themselves out there in vulnerable positions in their underwear. You know, I'm yeah. like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Look at them legs. All right. Good job, dudes. <laughs> Judettes. Um, but at the same time, it's like finding that balance. You know, and it's, uh, you mentioned like giving yourself away versus not giving yourself away. It's like, you know, um, it reminds me of a uh, passage in the Bible where Jesus is talking about not casting your pearls before swine. The idea of not casting your pearls before swine. And it's not to like call other people swine. That's not the idea at all. It's the idea that like a pig doesn't care if you like give it a pearl. It wants like it wants corn. It wants just like slop. It wants to eat. Give it a carrot. Like it wants to eat. It doesn't it doesn't care about it right you know it's just going to step on it and try and chew it and be like all right there's nothing for me here you know and so part of that is and that's the thing i think a lot of times we view our vulnerabilities as weaknesses when ultimately a lot of times there are treasures yeah and so when we take those vulnerabilities and we we store them in a safe little treasure chest, right? Not all of them, because we have to be vulnerable to the world in order to accept the world. But as far as, like, you know, giving ourselves away too much and uh, also just sometimes, like, opening up too much, you yeah. know? And it's like, it's like we got to keep, keep, keep that treasure in that treasure chest, right? That's your gold. It doesn't mean you're going to hog it all to yourself. You you want to show it to people, but you show it to the people that you like really love and like you're really excited to like open up that treasure chest to. And sometimes like man, it's like uh, Robert De Niro in uh, Meet the Parents. You know, it's like that little circle of circle of trust. Circle of trust. You yeah. know, it's like you got to man. That's important. Your circle of trust is important. Uh, I think a lot of times we are, and because we're so used to living in a social media age and used to such transparency, we do kind of give ourselves away a lot, you know, sometimes too much. So a lot of people get in trouble, you know, because they end up there, they're using social media like a diary and yeah. they say something that maybe they wouldn't have said 
you know, or they do something they wouldn't have done. And it's like, well, maybe you should have written that down in your diary first. You know, that was the thing with Facebook back in the day. It's like, oh, man, this person needs a journal. Yeah, right, right. So get keep a journal. If you got shit on your mind. That's right. Write it down. You could always do the post later. Yeah. If, if it sits right with you. Like maybe, get, maybe give it a week. Maybe show it to have a friend or your your spouse or somebody read it. Hey, do you think I should put that on Facebook? Right. <laughs> it's, uh, Before you just gosh, send it out and then I go, think, what did I do? I think it was Abe Lincoln, his wife, used to read his letters before he would send them out. And I like, think you're right, yes. The ones that she was like, oh, this is a bad idea. She would just like hide away in a special drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good woman. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, you know, we do. We say things in passion. You know, we yep. get up on uh, our emotional kicks and high horses. And and it's just so easy to hop on social media and bam. Right. You know, I've done it. We all, I think a lot yeah. of us have. Yeah, I actually just done. did a, a vlog not too long ago. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's good. It's funny. It's controversial. It's what I was thinking. And I put it up, and then somebody was like, "Yeah, you kind of sound like a raving lunatic," and and it's long, and oh, I'm no. like, and I watched the whole thing again, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not what I meant." It just, it, and and which going back to comedians, like, you know how they express their ideas and thoughts yeah. in in their presentation, which is what it is, and it's well done, it's well honed. They have a, a skill, and I. Could clearly see that if I want to have that skill, I'm gonna have to work a lot harder for it. <laughs> so I, I hit delete. Like it had 23 views. I was like, I hope, I really hope those people forgot all about that. <laughs> Let's just continue on. So oh, that's great. That's, man. That was just recent history. So yeah. you know, and so when I, think I saw it, yeah, I think you might have seen yeah. it. I'm sitting in my truck, and yeah, I'm yeah, sitting, I did, yeah. I, I was trying to go with something there, um, but I did talk about, uh, you know, porn and, like, how people are, um, like, obsessed with it and, yeah. and how money affects everything. Yeah, um, I was trying to hit something on the head there, but I kind of hit my thumb instead. So, anyway, um, we're, like you said, we are living it and we're pointing it out at the same time. Damn, man. Right? Absolutely. I mean, truly, like, gosh, we're all just trying to find our way seemingly in the dark, like looking for lights, you know, and it's great when people are like, yeah, I found the light, you know, it's like, I found my light, it's like, yeah, I found the light, it's like, good, 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 um, but sometimes those lights burn out, you know what I mean, yeah. you can't find replacement batteries anywhere, you're like, jeez, what the heck? Yeah, I it's spent so much money on this flashlight. Now I can't even find the batteries for it. Yeah, it's just a flashlight that doesn't yeah, work. It's anymore. just a, it's just a paperweight. Yep. And you know that's oftentimes a lot like, I think, like the the things we go through in life. You know, we try this, we try that. You know, we try this method, that method, this book, that book. You know, and we invest so much time and so much money ultimately to just like still be searching and still be looking. Yeah. And that's why those markets exist and do so well. Right. And they do, they do. Oh man. There's such a market. Like, man, the world just loves reminding all of us just how just on, you're never, never going to make it. You're never good enough. 
But don't worry, because I've got a book for twelve ninety nine. It's excellent. It's going to answer all your questions. And there are a lot of really good books out there. And you know what? Especially in an age where we have a lot of dudes who grew up with absent fathers. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of these books are very helpful in learning some of that, like, basic dude stuff, that, those lessons that, you know, normally, I guess, would be taught, like, from father to a son, yeah, you know? Right. So, like, again, like, I laugh at it. I'm not hating on it too much, you know, because I, I like some of them books. They're good mm -hmm. books. But, goodness gracious, you know? It is a, a booming market. Yes. Right. Which, so is so is Instagram. Instagram's a booming market. But uh keeps us coming back. There's a lot of gravity to it, you know? Right. In a weird way. I don't know if I like that. Um, I yeah. don't know if I like the gravity. Well, I I look at it as like most things in life there's there's good to be found in everything. Absolutely. You know, and you you do get sidetracked with the other mm. stuff, and you you just all right. I got sidetracked. Yeah, man. Let me just let me just get back on there. I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole, yeah. but uh, let's get back. You know? Well, you know, it's I love talking about like self discipline and developing good self discipline in my life has been an absolute essential found, essential brick in in my foundation. But it's hard when the like the things that are are competing for our attention are designed to be these pits of addiction mm -hmm. you know it, it's designed this way very intentionally to get around your discipline that's right break it down that's right and so that's why like it requires extra 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 self-discipline yeah um have you where where did you start fostering your discipline and to what extent does your discipline serve you is it a like level of discipline where you are continually following like a a routine a pattern and checks and balances like something like that yes and no okay so routine is something that i've found to be of great value yeah. in my life big time um I'm also not like super dogmatic and like married to it. Okay. You know? Yeah. So like life happens mm -hmm. and life is way cooler than my routine. You know? Yeah. It's a lot more fun than my routine. So like it's it's something that I've found important to like, okay, it's important to stick to my routine and then have boundaries about like kind of what's worthy of breaking my routine mm -hmm. and what's not. Because if I know if I'm not careful, I'll give a lot of my time away. Mm. Way too much. And then I'm like, oh, no. Now I got to rush. And try and get this done. This done. It's like, okay. So having good time management and knowing when it's acceptable to break the routine and when it's not has been something that's important. So I guess that would be like discernment. You know, having good discernment comes in 
when it's like, all right, you know what? Forget the routine. Life is happening now. Yeah. Like, jump into it. So where do you get that discernment from? Because I think that's a tripping point for a lot of people because your routine is important. Yes. And you know, though, like, oh, this is a this could be a, a special moment here. Yeah. But will it be? Maybe it's not. And now I'm going to blow up my routine. How do you get that discernment? Man, that's a great question. And ultimately, I think that's where faith comes in, you know, and, and that's different for each person. You know, some people are building their faith on a circumscribed religion. You know, some people are building their faith on something else. You know, some people are building their faith on politics. Some people are building their faith on other people. Some people are working to build their faith on themselves. Um, I know I've always resonated with the idea that if we open up our our ears if we open up our eyes and not in the literal physical sense but in the in the metaphysical sense and and that might take some like weeding out of the garden in order to actually be able to have clear passageways you know but then when we listen inside and and I could be wrong you know I I know that there are creatures humans that exist you know psychopaths and of the like right uh, and not that they're not any less valid as a human but they might not feel and have the same experiences mm -hmm. that say someone else is having right and so as i say this you know i speak in a lot of generalities but it's always important to i found at least to acknowledge that this is just a generality and that there's such a diverse and unique group of people and we're all so different and have had such different experiences and and we do experience life differently mm -hmm. and so on one hand we are all the same and yet on the other hand we're not we're really not we don't experience life the same we don't have the same histories we've all had different experiences and so the way one of us thinks might be wildly different from what another person thinks what one person wants might be wildly different from another per what another person wants i think that's something i know i've taken for granted which is also part of me just being selfish and self-centered in that i'm like oh yeah everyone else thinks the way i do <laughs> yeah everyone else wants the same things i want yeah of course duh you know, like, yeah, I don't know about that. Not anymore. Life has taught me otherwise. But, you know, if we listen, I know a lot of us have experienced that voice in, in our, I, I, I would say in our head, but not really. It's not even like in our heart. It's like lower. It's like maybe that's our heart, but it's like our gut. You know, it's between our gut and our heart. And it's like it speaks to us. It knows what's up, and it tells us. Just most of the time, we argue with it, and we're like, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, because because it's it's a lot of times it's telling us that hey, surprise, bro or sis, uh, you're the problem. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I don't want to hear that. No, everyone else is the problem. Yeah. Everyone else is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, instead of listening to that voice, we try and stuff it down and we try to tune it out. And we do. We tune it out with, with television and movies and comic books and books and, and Instagrams and YouTube. There's all these things that we can use to tune out that voice that a lot of times keeps us up at night you know or that voice that like we hear at the weirdest time you're driving in the car and yep. you just happen to not turn the radio on and all of a sudden you're like what is this voice why am i thinking about this right now you know are you um did you ever uh sit at a campfire like go camping by yourself oh yeah man by yourself oh yes now um i've done that and I never even thought about it. I just sat down and I would, you know, so smoke a cigar yeah. and then I would camp and, and I would get up early in the morning, go bike riding, whatever it was I was doing. Never thought about it. And then a friend of mine was asking me about it, like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, so just like, what do you mean? Camping. Yeah. And he's like, by yourself. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I, he goes, I would lose my mind. And I would go, why? And he goes, because I got nobody to talk to. What do you do? You just sit there with your own thoughts? And I'm, and it hit me right there. I go, yes, exactly. <laughs> you sit with your own thoughts. Yeah, man. And then it all hit me that that's what I was doing. Yeah. And I was comfortable with myself. And yet, sometimes those thoughts were scary. Yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, I wish there was somebody here to talk to. Yeah. But um, there's, there isn't. So you just adapt to it. Um, why do you think that is, that some people could just do that? And then there's other people that almost are afraid to do it. Mm. Well, you know, again, I mean, I think a lot of us have had wildly different experiences in life, especially in our youth. And so I think... You know, it's it's interesting. I, I and, and it's in, it kind of ties into the whole validation thing that we were talking about at the very beginning, where people, when they were younger, perhaps, weren't properly validated in the person that they are, the person that they were. And so they, they desperately seek over time to become someone else or something else. That can be validated. That can be validated. And it's always like, let me throw this up on a table and see if this works. That's right. Let me throw this up on a table and see if this works. Right. And so, I think for some folks, they may have had their voice consistently shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had my voice shut down a lot growing up, but for whatever reason, God made me a tenacious motherfucker. Well, you learned that then, right? As you were a kid, 
There was nothing stopping you as a kid, right? But you were shut down. Well, I mean, no. There was a lot going on in my life that was actively trying to stop me from having a great or even a good childhood. But for whatever reason, from the time I came sliding out... I was I came I came ready to fight. I was like, all right, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, were, were you um, were you going through like like situations with peers in school and stuff like that, or was it like bullying? Was it? Uh, yeah, I was bullied hard uh, at school. I was bullied at home. Uh, yeah, home wasn't a safe place. School wasn't a safe uh, place. I didn't have safe place, so I didn't have a safe space. You know, I became my safe space. Up here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I became the one that I could always count on. Now, looking back, you're you're saying it very clearly, but when did that revelation come to you? Was it when you were much older? When you started learning about life? And that it, I could count on myself? Yeah, and that you created a safe space. Um, obviously, you were just adapting to the situation during this time period of your life yeah probably didn't like consider it you were just doing what you had to do oddly enough i knew at a a pretty young age that like ultimately i was going to listen to me okay and not in a prideful way granted that has gotten me into trouble at times yeah right but i what i mean is that I had witnessed as a child people who, as, as a child, you are taught to trust, make horrible decisions. That as a kid, I was like, this is a bad decision. Mm. This, is, this is wrong. A kid is yeah. realizing it's a bad decision. Yeah. And so I just, from the time I was small, man, I've had a, a big distrust in other people making decisions for me. Okay. Yeah. And I learned to trust that the voice inside, I mean, it's still to this day, man, leads me in the right direction. doesn't mean I haven't made a lot of mistakes along the way, but usually that's when I'm not listening to the voice, yeah. you know, but the voice. And I know it sounds crazy or, you know, and I don't mean it to sound like super esoteric, but I think a lot of folks know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the gut. It's your gut. That's and right. We, we all, yes. And you're, you're hitting a nail on the head. I'm getting like, I'm having flashbacks of all these moments in my life where, I realized I made a mistake and I remember going, I had that gut feeling. Yep. I had it. Why yep. didn't I listen? Yeah. And, you know, at least what I take away from that is that was my mistake. I didn't listen to somebody else. Yeah. My gut was telling me what to do. I didn't do it. I'm going to learn from this. Yeah. I'm going to try to listen to my gut more often. And then the next time my gut talks to me, I've, I blow it up again, but I'm getting better at it. The cycle of life, death, and rebirth right there, my man. That's karma. Yeah. You know, it's uh, breaking those cycles. But, you you know, you're talking about um, we could go, yeah, we could talk about what that is, 
like you said, it could be, you know, whatever, pre- whatever your belief is, it, it's God talking to you or it's the earth talking to the universe. Right. That's just a way for you to frame it and reference it. But there is uh, the gut feeling. Yes. The gut feeling. And yes. that is an interesting thing. So you, you basically learn at an early age that that's going to be your go-to oh, yeah. advice giver. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're going to figure it out. So you're going to go into that safe place. And say, hey, what's up? Where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. Get a little feedback and then make your best choice, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sounds, I'm starting to sound worse than you, man. Uh, oh, gosh, man. I love it. The innuendos are endless. So now that all brings us let's let's jump right back to the present now oh, because goodness, the present yeah yes. the, the present is full of um interesting things that we could Bro. talk about we mentioned covid here i know everybody's talking about it why mm-hmm. not why not talk about it with andrew yeah um, talk about covid yeah um it has changed the course of life yes it has in, in good ways and bad ways yeah. um what do you ultimately see coming out the other side Mm. oh man what a complex issue you know coming out the other side at the moment it's almost hard to make an accurate prediction because we are so deep still in the thicket of the forest so to speak you know, we think that we're getting hit with second waves and whatnot, but it's it's not at all. We're still very much in the first wave. You know, um, it's it's interesting to think about what will life look like moving forward if people started wearing their damn masks. Granted, we're sitting here not wearing a mask, but don't worry, we got them, guys. No one's coughing. No one's coughing. We're all right. Social we're all distancing. Really, yeah, we're distanced and we're really healthy dudes, right? We're all right. But, you know, COVID's very real. COVID's so real. Are numbers being inflated, like, stupidly? Yeah, they are. And is that helping the situation? No. Not at all. It's giving more fuel to the fire to the people who want to pretend it's not real. Unfortunately, for those who have experienced it, they know that it's very real. And, you know, COVID is doing a lot of things that we're not even, as a, as a whole people, familiar with yet. You know, we're still studying this thing. I'm blessed in that my best pal and his girlfriend, God bless him, they work in a hospital as doctors. They're working on the front line with COVID patients. So he's keeping me plugged in right into the vein as to what they're seeing mm-hmm. and what they're dealing with. And unfortunately, it's, a, it's very different from what a lot of us are experiencing. And I know folks whose family members have died. You know, some of the MACE community has been affected by COVID. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a bit scary it's not just attacking the lungs it's also attacking the kidneys and for whatever reason this coronavirus has a particular liking to attacking the central nervous system 
So we're having young folks, 19, 20 years old, with encephalitis. Their brain is swelling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sending young folks psychotic as a result of the encephalitis. I mean, crazy stuff is happening, and now they're finding that it's even attacking the myelin sheaths on neurons. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, ultimately, if, if that's the case, and we get this in mass, and there's a, an actual potential that we might see a very big rise in multiple sclerosis. And this isn't, the, the scary part is, is that this isn't fear-mongering. Right. This is actually what's happening. Yeah. You know? Um, There's so much we don't know about it. We don't, you could almost at this point, just, it's wide open. Yeah. I mean, you know, unless you're somebody way deep on the inside CDC well, level, they might know a little bit more that if they were here, they say, well, maybe not this and this, but definitely there's, there could be very serious long-term results. That's right. And we, we don't know and we won't know. Right. And, you know, this is the first time right. COVID-19 has happened. So yeah. we're all the guinea pigs. It's, um, it's really tragic. It's very tragic. And... I mean, oh my goodness. But as far as like socially, um, mm. it's really, I mean, kids are affected by it um, because they can't play with, the, with their friends for months on end. But even like adults, you know, um, a lot of us, you know, we were just talking about social media. There's, there's, you know, I'm from a, a generation where I grew up without an internet, so I could easily... I, I, I could easily go back to doing that, but um, the, I, I don't have the internet as my linchpin, so to speak, yeah. if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm articulating that clearly. No, absolutely. But it seems like the younger people are more, you know, that's their thing. Way older people, you know, they're not involved in that at all. Yeah. So socially, that's it's... been rough. Yeah. But is it, are we learning something from this? That's what I hope. Like something good, something that's going to on the other side, teach us, hey, you know what, this is more important. Uh, let's get back to fundamentals. Do you see that as a p possibility? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because on one hand, I think a lot of people did, I'll scoot a little closer. A lot of people did realize how important other people are to them in their life. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, I think people also realized how maybe overly dependent they are mm. on their social circles. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, studies show that people with healthy social lives live longer and generally are healthier. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Um, At the same time, just like anything, man, we come to rely on on these routines, and we come to rely on oh, our our. We think we think that we have a foundation. We're like, oh, this is my foundation, and this is actually, you know, to kind of incorporate the mace into this. It's one of the dangers that I warn about. When it comes to the mace, is the mace cool? Yeah. Is the mace awesome? Yeah. Is using the mace awesome? Yeah. 
it's not it's not me and it's not you at the end of the day it's just a stick <laughs> stick with a weight it's on. just a stick yeah. with a weight on we're just monkeys with a stick well, that's it man and so it's like we have to be careful how deeply we define ourselves with these external and exterior things yeah including our social circles because mm-hmm. you know it's like Instead of actually having a, a real foundation built of rock, that's like a foundation made of sand, you know, and when once a big wave comes and washes that sand away, is your, is your castle going to crumble now? You know, I hope not. But if you build it on sand, it is. And what is that sand? Well, that's the fun part, figuring out what is, what is the rock where you're going to build your foundation? You know, what is the sand in our lives that we, we've built our houses on that maybe we were irresponsible with building our house on there. And when we actually examine it, you know, we have something like COVID hit and boom, gone. Yeah. You know, well, so now what do you do? Where do you stand? If your foundation's gone, what do you do? Right? You better know how to swim. <laughs> so, you know, I think moving forward, a lot of people are going to have a much better idea of where their foundation lies. I think a lot of folks are also going to be actively seeking and appreciating that social, that real human-to-human social contact in their life. Yeah. Because you know, we do know how important it is. But at the same time, we are moving into a scary world where, you know, in addition to this virus that we're going to be dealing with man COVID-19 is like the least dangerous virus that's worked on at the Wuhan lab right you know and 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 yeah I say the Wuhan lab not bat soup okay right the Wuhan lab where COVID-19 was whether it was invented there or just being worked on, who knows? But it was absolutely being worked on. And surprise, surprise, it gets unleashed on the world. Yeah, well, apparently there's a, a guy that has a podcast. He writes books. He's super smart. Him and his brother, are, if I say his last name, it's Weinstein. Oh, yeah. Brett and Eric Weinstein. Brett. Brett. Mm-hmm. And he was on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, they were studying COVID-19 in Wuhan. A, a few hundred miles away was a mine where bats live and that there was uh, weird sicknesses popping up over there so it, it but he did say I, you know I, you got to see you got to see the episode I'm doing a poor um, rendition of what he talked about but um, essentially a few hundred miles away is this thing getting people sick mm-hmm. and it, they had 19 in there mm-hmm. and they're studying so yeah it escaped it escaped yeah you know and it's not oh, the yeah. first time it apparently escaped there was one uh back when obama was president yeah he he was big on uh, controlling pandemics and he was putting money into it and around that same time there was a, a virus escaped in like canada or north america <clears throat> and um i think they closed the facility down and they they moved it to wuhan or something like that uh, so Whatever the the story is, um, it's uh, it's a reality that they knew was there for that's a right. long time, that's and right. and really, I mean, going all the way back to 1918 with the Spanish flu influenza yeah. uh, that killed a ton of people. So yeah, history repeats itself. Yeah, um, and sure like you does, said, man. this is this is a. Uh, 
this is rough, but it's also minor compared to what could really. That's right. And that's what's scary that's because right. do you think uh, it's been handled properly? Well. Because if they can't handle this one properly. Oh, man, what a great point. Okay, so on one hand, yeah, and on the other hand, no. You know, it's like on one hand, a lot of the institutions that people have been raised to rely on and think that they can rely on mm -hmm. proved to be unreliable. Right. Right. And, you know, again, I, it's like I, I get blessed in that, you know, in high school, I, I got introduced to Ralph Waldo Emerson, read his essay on self-reliance. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, yes. so it's like, it's like when, when the pandemic hit, I had so many rice and beans, so much rice and beans in my pantry already. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's sweet. Meat, meat in the freezer. I'm all right. But, you know, we, it was a, it was a dramatic wake up call for all of us as to how unstable a lot of the institutions mm -hmm. that we think are stable and we can rely on aren't. And, you know, there's the part of me that says, you know, wants to point that I want to point fingers at the institutions and be like, well, you shoulda, you coulda, blah, 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 blah. But then there's the other hand that's like red blooded American and like, well, you're all dumbasses. <laughs> and we've known something like this is going to happen for kind of a long time you just all called them all these people crazy ass preppers and conspiracy theorists and now they've all been validated yeah right um so you know this the breakdown is is from the bottom up and in the sense that it it affected so many institutions my mother works in a like a old folks home an elderly care facility and you know they didn't have proper gear you know um i already mentioned my best pal and his girlfriend you know they're in a, a hospital him and his girlfriend yeah they both work in a hospital oh okay in, yeah in new right. york oh really yeah man. okay they've been there for the whole time yeah okay and yeah. man they they had to fight to get proper gear. Right. You know? Meanwhile, like, as usual, and listen, I, I love capitalism, so when I say this, I'm not knocking capitalism, but at the same time, it's like, meanwhile, these freaking CEOs of hospitals and old folks' homes and all kinds of shit, man, are making bank. Right. Making bank, you know, and yet there's not enough proper gear yeah. for the damn employees. Right. You know, you got doctors and nurses getting COVID out the wazoo, you know, and it's like, I, I guess they're just as, exp man, what, whoo, baby, uh, what, <laughs> what a wake up call to learn that even our doctors and our nurses are expendable, yeah. right? Viewed as expendable, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that is really, 
just piss poor performance. But, you know, I, I still don't understand like how people Alright, before I say this. There's a great video I highly recommend on YouTube. I'm looking right into the camera for this one. It's called Stop Making Me Defend Trump. Okay. Because gosh people, like saying dumb stuff that's just not true doesn't help the argument. <laughs> You know, it's like, if you don't like the man, great, but like, stop saying dumb stuff because it doesn't, it doesn't make you look good and doesn't actually help the argument for folks who are using their brains. Anyhow, I know I'm tossing the kindling in the fire. It's all right. I still don't understand how people criticize like the Trump administration's handling of the situation. You know, I watched an interview with Dr. Fauci where he was like, you know, every, I can't do it. And he's like, every time I went to Trump and said, hey, we should do this. He was like, all right, do it. I'm like, all right, great. That's exactly what I would hope the president would do. Yes. Listen to the guy who knows what the heck he's talking about. Delegate. We know Trump doesn't know what he's talking about. He's made that clear in some speeches. <laughs> but yeah. like, at least he's listening to the guy who does know what he's talking about. Right. And like shutting down the border, shutting down like travel. When the World Health Organization or the China Health Organization, I said it. Now I'm not allowed to go to China. I'll get arrested. It's true. <laughs> they just passed that a law. They just passed a law. China can arrest you if you criticize them anywhere in the world. I'm talking to you, world. And then you go. They're going to get you. Communism. I think I think they would love you there regardless. Oh, gosh. Well, Chinese people are wonderful, man. In fact, I think what we should do, but everybody CC listening, we're going we're gonna to do a GoFundMe for Andrew. Oh, it's too late. To send him to China. It's too late. They're going to put, don't, they're going to put me in an internment camp and sell my hair, man. They, they won't because they we're going to send a whole team of correspondence with you. They're going to video <laughs> it. You're going to be a hero over there. We'll, we'll flip it on its head. Oh, no. <laughs> We're getting in over our heads. I We're saw, sending them I, to China. Listen, I think Eli Roth made a movie about this or something. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad idea. Bad idea, Fred. <laughs> All right. <laughs> listen to your gut instead. But, um, shoot, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, like the World Health Organization was like, yeah, that was stupid and dumb. And it's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> that was like the smartest thing we possibly could have done. Yeah. So, like, listen, I'm not saying any of this in praise of Donald Trump. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why folks are knocking that stuff when I'm like, well, you know what? To be honest, I'm pretty sure I'm, we'd knock it no matter what it was at this point. Right. But, um, well, I, you know, I always say, um, like, you, you hit the nail on the head about trusting in your institutions and everything like that. Yeah. Like, Bureaucracy doesn't really do a good job with no. this stuff at the end of the day. No. They, they're, they're heavy-handed with everything they do. Mm -hmm. Everything becomes a number. Every face is the same face. So, Like you said, doctors, nurses are just as expendable as anybody right. else. Numbers. It, it's just it, – it, there's no way to fine-tune a heavy bureaucracy. So oh, what, what people need to be is self-reliant. Yeah. Don't when there's when the shit's hitting the fan. If you're like, please help, please help. What good is that? Because right. if they don't hear you, they ain't coming. You're That's dead. Right. If they do hear you, mm. but uh, it's too late, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to to f take care of yourself. Amen. And you know, taking care of each other. Yes. You know, it's well, like 
that's like the next step. Yeah, it's I like, think when 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 everybody, if you have a nation where most people are taking learn to be self reliant, it creates taking care of each other. I agree other. completely. Because man. now you're, you're relying on yourself, and you know you're confident. You got yourself. I got myself. Yeah. So when you go down on a knee because you you lose ground, I'm there to help you. That's right. I'm I'm I have the wherewithal. Yes. And then you got my back. Amen. And that's where the tribe yeah. starts to come together because Amen. it's like, hey. We've been in the thick of it together, helping each other. Yes. Yeah, man, I agree completely. It's staying filled ourselves so that we have the excess to yeah. to be able to share and then to help those around us. I, I take it, like, out in where you live in Pennsylvania there, um, there's a lot of individuals who hunt for their own meat, right? Deer oh, yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know any of my neighbors. Forming. I know one of my neighbors. Actually, I know two of them. One's... One's, one's an asshole looking at you. <laughs> Another one's a good dude. I like him, but dude, I don't know any of my neighbors. And like, I'm right on the. I'm like up right in between like civilization and country life. Like, if I if I hop on a particular route, like twenty minutes, I'm I'm gone. Yeah. But like, if I'm ten minutes the other direction, I'm at Target. <laughs> you know, it's, you're living on the edge, it's brother. It's nice, you know. That's like, a, and the town that I work in is like a hopping college town, Westchester. Um, I'm just in like a nice little nook, nice little nook. Um, but yeah, man, we've got a lot of hunters. Yeah, we got a lot of hunters, man. And you know, that's the thing. It's part of the danger of our country being so big. It's what it's. It's a big part of the reason why Rome eventually fell was because it's it's so big it becomes unmanageable. Yeah, you know, it's like when the Constitution was written, which I love the Constitution, but it was written with like thirteen colonies in mind. Yeah, you know, the so East it's like, Coast. It's like a lot easier to get like that amount of people to all agree like on something than like this huge continent. Right. You know, it's like, man, people in L.A.'s life is very little. Like, people in York, Pennsylvania's life. They're not even you know? in the same time zone. No, man. Right now, they're eating lunch. I and, mean, and we're eating dinner. Heck, Pennsylvania's so big. Yeah. That's the thing. Pennsylvania's so big that people in Philadelphia's life is nothing like people in East Stroudsburg's life. Like, it's like, man, it's... We're all so different. It's kind of like I was talking earlier about how, you know, on one hand, we really are all the same. You know, we're all human. We all bleed the same color. You know, we all feel pain. We all have experienced hurt at some point in our life. You know, that's actually the amazing thing about pain and hurt. Like, if anything, that's like the one thing that, like, unites us all. You know, as we all at least have experienced something in life that mm -hmm. sucked. Donkey dick. You know, something, unless you're into that, and then you're like, sweet, this is the best thing ever, you know? <laughs> Pretty sure that's legal. In in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> and, and South Jersey. Gotta listen to Abel. <laughs> I, I'm watching you, Jebediah. I see you eyeing up that donkey. Abel's getting a little close with the sheep these days, <laughs> Esther. <laughs> Amish are beautiful people. I'm definitely going to have to come out to Pennsylvania and visit. Oh, dude, PA is awesome. I do love it. 
It's um, it's tough. It's not easy on the joints. It's not easy on the arthritis at all. Yeah, cold winters, Dude, right? Cold winters yeah. and humid summers. It's like literally the worst for my body. But I love Pennsylvania so much, man. Yeah. It really is like magical, mystical place with salamanders running around and bald eagles flying all over the place and horses and dudes with really long beards. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. You know, shoot, man. Yeah, now we got I, medical marijuana. Dude, we grow some badass pot. It's okay, so it's it's legal for medicinal use. Yeah, it's yeah. legal for medicinal use and And it helps you with your arthritis, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. I started using it for the gastroparesis stuff. Yes, I remember. And then oh, man, it's interesting because there's different cannabinoids and terpenes that are components of the plant that have different effects. So the the big upswing and i know we're dramatically shifting topics but we'll get back to social issues because the world is ending (laughs) (laughs) but like you know it's like there's a component cbg that really helps my belly and then there's a cannabinoid cbc that really helps the the arthritis you know the inflammation and then i've mentioned before my favorite terpene myrcene you know the mangoes mangoes yeah i still love mangoes man i just didn't have time to bring you any i'm sorry that's no that's all right i'm still reveling in mangoes this time (laughs) i'm still reveling in the um that when you did bring them uh and that was like a year ago because ever since then Every time I go to a store, I pick one or two up. Heck yeah, man. They're just good. And they're awesome. Yeah. And then we also buy the frozen bag of that's already mm. cut up yeah. and make smoothies with yeah. it. And I always think to myself, like, if if mm. Andrew's saying this, that mangoes make him feel good and, you know, this is a delicious fruit, I, yeah. I, I feel it, you know? Dude, I, I just had, it. like, a moment, like, thinking about that mango smoothie. It yeah. Makes feel, oh. It makes me feel fuzzy. It's really, really good. So really right? good. We but got about 12 minutes. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it went fast. Right? Am I reading that right? Yeah. We got about 12 minutes. Um, so. Shoot, man. Yeah. What should we talk about? I don't know. We got a box to we open. Got, like everything. Oh, that's right. We got that box you to open. You got a special package. Yeah. You, you got a special package, Fred. I got. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad. I'm glad you're validating that. That's right. I was hoping somebody would validate my package, Uh, (laughs) and it's been done by by none other than you. But yeah, uh, you uh, getting back to Mace, right, and everything. So you're swinging all kinds of things out there. Have you swung a gata? I have only okay. So I've only swung a real gata once at Critical Mass, Mm -hmm. the big one that you guys got there. The biggest one? Yeah. That's like forty pounds. Yeah. You got that? You yeah. hit that? That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then at home, one of my one of my good good friends and one of my mentors, uh, Michael Wolf, he made and gifted me what's called a chiichi, which is like the Japanese version of a uh, mace club. So it's just a wooden, you know, wooden handle with a big old concrete block okay so it's just it's basically just like a gata except it's a shorter yeah, handle it's like a real short little gata but it, it comes out of japan like this is something that they've been yeah see we could talk for hours man this is new to me yeah so let's uh That's what i love about real it, brief man. what's the history there with that how so, do you know so anything about it i don't know a ton about it 
um, it, it, it kind of in, intuitively works very similarly to a mace or a club. Right. And it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful example of how this tool, these tools, and this movement art is something that truly, at the end of the day, no one can really lay claim to. Right. Certainly we all play our roles and we all play our parts. And some folks have been pioneers and, and all these beautiful things. And it all deserves respect and it's, it's due. That said, the practices themselves Gosh, man, they're so ancient, so yeah. ancient, so worldwide. You know, we talk about India all the time, right. but then there's Persia. It's like, okay, yeah. well, who was doing it first? And then it's like, well, then there's Japan. And it's like, oh, my goodness, how about this? And last time we talked just a little bit about how, like, even in the European culture, we've got, like, royal maces and whatnot. Yep. You know, it's a strange thing. So, man, you know... That said, I know there was still like some drama going on this past year, and ultimately with the uh, with like people claiming ownership to this, and yeah, that, and right. and it's like everyone's learned from each other, and you know it's 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 like there is like a lineage, yeah, you know there is a lineage, and certain people have their programs, but people like man, just just be American about it, and like live and let live yeah you yeah know what i mean I like, like that you know if we're doing if, if that's the thing if we're taking this ancient practice and and that's existed all over the world and now we're adopting it to america yeah let's do the american thing about it yeah and be like all right fucking swing that mace independently it, hell yeah yes, right you right, know what and like right. y'all you want to do it that way heck yeah do it you know what and guess what i don't have to agree with you i don't even have to like the way you do it but i will i support your way to do it that way you want to know why because this is america i don't care you you are definitely a good american you you continually remind us of the importance of that i always i always felt that the, the main energy the main attitude of america is being a rebel yeah, man. because that's where we came from yeah. we rebelled yeah. and it wasn't that long ago it was like 250 60 years ago something that's like that right. which is not that long ago compared to other countries and i think that's one of the edges that we're losing you know you my my friend you're you have the rebel um attitude but when i when i say rebel i mean it in the most respectful ways in that you understand that you are independent and you could do what you want to do, but you do it responsibly. That's right. A rebel could be a re responsible person. That's right, man. You you go against the grain. Yeah. Because the herd is usually always headed off the cliff. And man, that's why the right. way is always straight and narrow. That's why you're a special dude, and that's why I love having you on a podcast. Oh, man, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, you, you definitely uh, point the way in that direction. And, and yeah. I, think, I think anybody listening – could be reminded of of that special quality that we all have as as Americans and as humans really. And you know, the the gata I wanna open up, it's still in its box. It was from two great Americans, uh Bill and, and Steph Dude, Sorison. They're the cute guys are you the cutest. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> they're so cute. They're, I love them. 
looks like Bill is getting ready for the Vinnett Strength Games. He Dude, he looks swinging. Jacked, he's man. jacked. <laughs> he looks jacked. I, I don't know that. I just follow their Instagram. Dude, he is. The other day, he was swinging 40 on the Addicts. Oh, man. Getting ready for And then he was doing, uh, he was showing uh, a video of the tactical hand switch yeah. so that you could switch directions without, without stopping. Love it, man. Um, and he's like strong, and then yes, yeah, and Dude, then Steph. Steph Dude, is just like a, dominates. I know, man. She got some. She got some legs. I'm like that girl could kick the earth. Yeah, into you know she place. used to do a uh, figure competition, bodybuilding. No way, I, I don't. If you go deep down in her grid, it's yeah. there. But she mentioned it on the podcast. Well, they're awesome. They came on the podcast to uh, talk about their ebook That's right. on how to build a gata. And then after I got off the Zoom call with them. Um, they they said, hey, we're going to send you one. That's so cool, man. I was like, great. I'll, I'll open it up on the podcast. So let me grab it. Yes. You I'm could. Uh, I feel honored to, to be here for the unveiling. Yeah. It's a special moment for you and it's everybody else. But, uh, yeah, they asked me uh, about painting it. And, of I course. I just want everyone to notice the knife that Fred pulls out. This is uh it's not pulling out a Leatherman multi-tool. It's, it's it's my small knife. Here. No pocket knife. So let's work on this side right here. I'm getting out of the way. I should have uh I should have sharpened the knife. Oh man, what's more dangerous than a dull knife? A man with a dull knife. Amen. Who's who's pulling the knife toward his, his crotch? I was already circumcised, so. Circumcision is male genital mutilation. I said it. So when they ship these things, they got to be uh, packaged carefully. They wrote fragile on the box. Mm. They use concrete. Whoa. Uh, you want to grab this and I'll pull the box away? Oh, shoot, man. I don't feel yeah. worthy. Go ahead, grab it. Got it? Yeah. Put this down gently. Wow, look at this wrap job. Tell me. Right. So, so far. Looking pretty good, but it's going to look a lot better when we get this off. Someone knows how to wrap their tools. So here is the Gata head with the paint job. So they painted it black and red. Here, this will slide right off. There you go. Whoa. So there it is. So they painted it black and red. Looks pretty cool. It's got a awesome bamboo handle. Holy cow. It's a big handle. Wow, man. That is rad. 
about 20 pounds they said. Here, wanna check it out? Oh man, just makes you want to swing it. So, how does it feel? Pretty good, right? Yeah, I can't wait. So, I've never swung one with a, a handle that big. So, it's it's, <laughs> it's a thicker handle. I mean, like the one over critical mass is a, a thinner handle. Yeah, this so, is cool, man. Yeah. So, you know, they talk about uh, where they get their bamboo from and everything like that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. You know, uh, I just wanted to open it up as a, as a, you know, let everybody see it. Uh, they sent it as a gift. Um, that's thank awesome. you, Steph. Thank you, Bill. You guys are awesome. And, uh, good luck at the vintage strength games. So nice. I'm going to just move over. So I get back in the frame here. Nice man. So, yeah. Uh, Tell everybody uh, what you're up to next as we wind this down. Are you going to be doing more Instagram vids? Oh, yeah. You know, I I pop in and out. All right. I pop in and out. I'll be doing more vids. I've been sharing my mind a little bit more. Um, so uh, uh, Andrew's at Sleepy Monkey Man. Yeah. And he's also um, on an earlier podcast from about a year ago. I don't remember what number. Do you remember what it is? No. The one thing is, is that if people go to Steel Mace Nation on uh, YouTube and they go right to the main page, your podcast episode is usually right there at the top because it is the most viewed. Awesome. So people like to hear. Thanks, guys. Yeah. People like to hear what you got to say, uh, yeah, as man. do I. And uh, again, you're, you're here again, and it was awesome, and you're always oh, welcome man. back. And you know... I just I just try to talk from all the stupid mistakes I've made in life, you know, man. I don't I'm I'm just messing up just like everybody else and then trying to learn from those mess ups so that maybe I don't mess up at least the same way again and grow a little bit. Yeah. Um man and that's it, brother. Yeah. You know, I don't, well, like I always I don't, I don't know anything per se you, except who I am. Well, you're, that's about it. That's it, and that's um, that's a lot. You know, you're bestowing what you know about the world and your perception, and it's all about uh, being open-minded to other people's perceptions. That's how you learn things. And I always say, if you make man. mistakes, you can make them all you want, just as long as you don't get anybody killed, or that's right, or that's you don't lose a tub. America, man, make go and make them mistakes, especially on your property. Woo, <laughs> you know. And it's, uh, yeah, man, but moving forward, bro, I'm going to be just, as far as the mace goes, focusing on uh, training myself and then training individuals. Yeah. And as far as... Do you, you know, do uh, online training? I do, but not much. Do it's, you? Okay. It's not my thing, man. Right. It's not well, my thing. I, reach I out. Reach out to, to Andrew um, if, you know, you want to touch base with anything i'm sure like he could give you advice or whatever um but yeah check Always. out his, his social media because like i said uh, he does do he does do good mace work but he also has his moments where he shares his his innermost and uh it's it's good stuff i like it thanks brother yeah man thanks for coming i appreciate it uh everybody thanks for checking out the podcast once again please visit our sponsors adx uh mason clubs use the discount code fred uh, MaceFit, MaceFit.com. Uh, you get a certification at MaceFit. Use the discount code 
Mace Fit 2020 to get a uh, personal call from Frank DeMeo, the guy who created uh, Mace Fit. Also, check out the Vintage Strength Games. They're going off at the end of August. It's like the 28th, 29th, and 30th. It's done online. You uh, oh. video your swings. And it turns out they do have a category or a section where just in case you don't have an addix, you could, you could do something in another section. Because a lot of people, they might not be able to have it. But I always say, too, since you don't have to travel to the games this year, uh, which is costly, you got to pay for a room, a plane, food, and all that stuff, um, you could use that money to buy yourself an addix and compete directly in the games. But it's up to you. Um, also, make sure you check out Graziella Coffee Company. Use the discount code MACENATION15 for 15% off. Uh, he has delicious coffee, roasted beans, grind them to wherever you need them to be, percolate them, drip them, French press them, go nuts with them. And also, Ongo Energy Spray is always there as a sponsor. Uh, three sprays of Ongo Energy in your mouth, and you get 75 milligrams of caffeine. And you will be pumped up. Use the discount code SteelMace25 for 25% off. And check out SteelMaceNation.com for articles and workouts and all that good stuff. Thanks, Andrew. Dude, Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Uh, shared universe. Appreciate it, Rambo. Thanks for the knife. All right. We're out. Peace.